everyone, my name is Carly Ann, and I'm a health and wellness enthusiast who dropped out of grad school to travel the world and discover my real passion and desire for helping others. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm kind of just figuring it out as I go. I'm on an ever-evolving journey that is often messy, unsure, and a bit crazy at times, but I am choosing crazy over easy. Throughout each episode, I hope you find yourself inspired and motivated to love the journey you are on while also learning to appreciate when things feel like somewhat of a hot mess. Thanks again for tuning in. I am your host, Carly Ann, and this is the Crazy Over Easy Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Crazy Over Easy Podcast. As always, I am so excited to have you guys here, and I'm actually really excited about this episode. I swear every week I'm excited about it, but one of you reached out and you were like, gosh, would you mind telling your life story? And it's so funny because I was looking back through episodes and I was like, gosh, have I never done this before? But I feel like I did do one at the very beginning that was about getting to know me, but that was two and a half years ago. So much has changed since then, and also my outlook on a lot of things has Change, So I'm sure reflecting back on certain things, also being willing to open up about other things definitely has just become probably easier now that I've gotten more comfortable with you guys as a community and more comfortable with myself. I feel like for a long time, depending on where you're at in life, we kind of glaze over details of our life or we skip past them because we're still processing them. We're still not sure how they've impacted us. And I think with each season of life, we probably would reflect back and see things differently, right? Like when I was in the newborn phase with Caden, I was in the thick of it. And now looking back, I can be like, okay, gosh, it really wasn't that long of a time, but it was hectic. It was hard. And I kept telling myself I didn't know if I could do it again. So I am going to kind of give you a rundown. I feel like now that I've, you know, spent the last couple of weeks announcing to you guys this new business venture and, you know, mine and Casey's goals for 2022 in terms of, you know, all of the the huge things, wanting to, you know, announce this business and hopefully make back our return on investment and hopefully one day, you know, buy the house and all of that stuff. So anyways, I just want to give you kind of a quick rundown of my life story and um If there's anything that you guys want me to dive deeper into, let me know. I have been going back and forth on diving into more of my past relationships. Um, I really only had one, but it was a huge majority of my life. However, I do also want to make sure I like protect the privacy of the other individual. And um, it was just, it was a... um, an amazing season of my life, but also a very hard season of my life. So let's go back to the beginning. So um, a lot of you guys know the house that actually Casey and I live in now is the house that I grew up in. So when my parents first got married, they purchased this little home and it was a like a little lake cabin. It was a tiny little lake cabin where we live there. It's a super small town, but back in the day, literally like when my parents purchased it, the town had 3,000 people. It now has like 35 thousand people so I still call it a small town but if it helps like we're getting a Costco in the next couple months so I think that we're going past small town but anyways growing up it was always a small a small town however I actually did not grow up here the first few years of my life my parents 
purchased it with the help help of their parents. And then my my parents met working for a resort called Club Med. That's you guys have heard Casey and I talk about it. That's how we met. That's how my parents met there. My mom's from Southern California. My dad is from local area up here, Everett, Washington. And they moved or they came back here bought the house and rented it out because they, when they, you work for Club Med, I think at the time my parents were making like $400 a month. When I worked for Club Med, I made $700 a month. So you don't do it for the money, you do it for the experience. Um, I think a lot of us are also running away from certain things, but that's a whole nother story. So anyways, my parents left um, after getting married, rented out the house so they could obviously pay for the mortgage because $400 a month was not going to cut it. So um they actually went back to Club Med and they did a total of nine years with Club Med. So between like before getting together, dating, getting married, and then they actually had me. So they flew home to have me. My mom didn't feel comfortable having me in a third world country at the time. They were living in Guadalupe. And when I was six weeks old, we went back to Club Med. So I actually spent the first three years of my life living with my parents in Club Med. So we went to Um, we lived in eight different countries. So back then they moved you every four to six months and they were always in different locations. So that was where we spent the first three years of my life. We moved back to the States when I was three, back into the home we are in now. It was a a lake cabin, like I said. Later on down the road, my parents remodeled it and this is where I grew up. Uh, So moved back when I was three years old, went to, you know, like I said, it was a very small town back then, um, It was just kind of your standard. I don't know. I feel like when I think back to my childhood, it's like I played on the little soccer teams or, you know, the little local basketball teams where the dads are the coaches. And I loved it. I obviously didn't know anything else. I remember I met my best friend in the entire world when I was three years old. And I went to school with the exact same people pretty much from kindergarten through 12th grade. So we have one high school in our hometown two middle schools though. So you know back in the day when you're like total rivals, so we have two middle schools. I went to one and obviously there was another one. And high school, those two middle schools came together. So um, that was kind of the, you know, you graduated with everybody you know, but it was a big deal when everybody got into high school. And uh, so kind of going into the whole dating scene and growing up. So there is a, we have a few private schools around here, but the guy that I actually ended up dating, he did not like come into our schools until middle school. Um, and I think, he, actually I know for a fact, he dated a, like he dated my best friend, you know, back in the day when you kind of all just pass around boyfriends and girlfriends, all of that. Well, we actually ended up started dating, started dating in eighth grade. And um, he was my first kiss, like, you know, that first love. And we actually dated for 10 years. So like, let's put an emphasis on when I say small town, like, 10 years. Everybody knew us. It was just kind of, um, if you read my book and I'm sure you guys have heard in, and it's not out yet, but you've heard me talk about, you know, you create these stories for yourself. You create these, um, timelines. And I think a lot of us struggle once we have ingrained a plan or a story in our head, we do everything we can to live out that story. We live, we do everything we can to, continue writing those chapters that you've already written for yourself. You just assume they're going to unfold that way. You read Nicholas Sparks, you watch the Disney movies. And I just thought like we were going to be that middle school, high school, you know, sweethearts and everything was going to work out. Mind you, it was wonderful. It was, he was incredible. It was kind of that typical, you know, he was captain of the baseball team, football team, 
you know, whatever. He was genuinely my best friend. But as a lot of us know, going off to college is hard. And um, this was, you know, gosh, I got a cell phone end of freshman year of high school um so we had them through high school but do you guys remember gosh I'm gonna age myself when like it was a big deal if you had a room line you know what I mean like if you could call a friend on a room line their own home line I never had one uh but he had one and so that was how like we'd be able to talk for you know the first two years whatever so we got our cell phones, whatnot. But when we left for college, it was still back when like you had to have a college email in order to have Facebook. And again, both of us just came from this small town. And I definitely always had this mindset of, uh, as you guys know, perfectionism and um, just holding myself to this standard that I had to have this perfect story. And I would do anything to make it come to fruition, to make it happen, to allow it to unfold, even if it caused me pain or if it felt like it was forced. Um, and again, like I don't want to get into the nitty gritties. Um, I've talked to a lot of you on the side about relationships, but it was extremely hard. So we went to two different colleges. He played football. I went to University of Washington, was in a sorority, absolutely loved it. Um, I coached all through, I guess to kind of backtrack a little bit. It, growing up, I was a snow ski racer. So I was a downhill ski racer my entire life. So I skied through middle school and high school. Um, we were not in a financial situation to like have me take it to the next level. Um, again, that's a whole nother story, but I, my parents are honestly role models of mine. I've watched them just go from the ground up. I can only hope to see what my life looks like in 35 years. They've been married for almost 36 years and have just done everything. I mean, it's just crazy when you think back. I'm sure a lot of us can look back at our parents and we don't realize when we're younger, you know, the, the sacrifices that they're making for us and, um, you know, the goals that they're striving for. And our parents definitely grew up in a different time and um, things weren't as like fast tracked. I feel like a lot of our parents just, they know hard work and my parents without a doubt know hard work. And so growing up and looking back now at the opportunities they allowed me to have, I just, I know how much they gave up for a lot of it. And so, um, you know, for me, ski racing really didn't become something until I was in high school because it's a very expensive sport. And um, I didn't know different though back then. You know, I didn't know that I didn't have the all the right equipment or I didn't know. I just like genuinely loved the environment. So that's what I did through middle school and high school. And um, I ended up coaching in college. So I, you guys have heard me always say, you know, I kind of played all the sports. I played soccer. I played tennis. I was a ski racer. I played basketball. I played volleyball. Like I did everything, but I never took anything to the next level. I feel like I always kind of like I said last week, I feared hard work and I always let myself use my natural potential. But then I just stopped. I was like, well, if I keep doing everything, then I don't have to be expected to be great at anything in particular. And maybe that's where a lot of us are at in life right now. Like we're almost nervous to take things to the next level because Right now we're good, but once we're expected to be great because the effort we're putting into it, if we don't hit that greatness, we like judge ourselves kind of. So I think that's where I was at. You know, my best friend in the entire world, you know, she went to UCLA and played soccer and I had so many friends that left for uh, left for college with these incredible opportunities, whether it was academic, whether it was athletic. And uh, I don't know. I just think that I, I feared to put myself into, um, 
into a place that I would have put myself into a position to be rejected for something. I even applied to schools that I was pretty sure I would get into. Um, I didn't, I really wanted to get into UCLA and I did not get into UCLA, but I only applied to a couple schools and just, anyways, I don't know if any of you can relate to that with just kind of, um, capping your ability because of fear of like maybe not being the best or fear of rejection. I think that I always struggled with that. So I uh, left for college and uh, coached um, ski racing through through college and was basically traveling back and forth to my uh, current boyfriend at the time, going back and forth to his school. It was either a quick flight or like a seven-hour drive. Um, and I never fully immersed myself into the opportunities that college was allowing me to have, whether it was in a sorority or with these friends I was meeting, because I was always trying to finish this fairy tale that I had created in my head. And again, it was wonderful, you guys. I don't want to um I don't want to discredit that. Like the relationship was meant for a reason and I will forever have love for that part of my life and that person in my life and that story. Um however, it didn't end well. And that's a whole nother topic. That's something that again I want to respect respect him, but it didn't end well. And it um, took years to end. Like, do you guys ever have that relationship where just it it tugs at you and it was in such a pivotal place in your life or maybe that's where you're at now and you still keep going back to the person and you don't know how to move forward because you've already planned that story. You've already created the life in your head. Like, how do you rewrite it? How do you, how do you continue to even think about moving forward when all of a sudden you have to delete this whole book that you've written, right? And that's when I like kind of started with that very first, you guys have heard it if you've listened to the podcast for a long time. I've said, don't stop, just rewrite. Um, And I think that that's a big thing is you don't have to necessarily delete everything um, and you don't have to stop writing. You have to allow yourself to continue to write and just let those future chapters start to unfold on their own. Well, I struggled immensely with that. (laughs) So um, since I'm somebody who I definitely need measurement in life, I need structure. You know, I went from high school with all these structures around sports, whether it was the high school sports, you know, tennis practice, soccer practice, you know, you have school from this time to this time and practice from this time to this time and your meals are planned out for you. I like in college, I, you know, I remember my senior year of college, it got to that point where classes were pretty much just in the evenings and um, I was working during the day, nannying, but everything just kind of felt weird. And I was like, I'm not ready for reality. My undergrad was early childhood and family studies. And then I decided to apply to get my master's. So I applied to get my master's in uh, school counseling. I just always have known that helping people is a part of me. Um, but I didn't really know how I wanted to do that. And there was a person in my life who I adored and she was a school counselor and I just loved her energy and the light that she brought to a room. And she was just incredible. And I actually applied for the exact same program she did. Loved it. Like literally loved everything about it. I just felt extremely disconnected from the program. And a huge part of it could be I was still going through that um, 
really messy ending of that relationship. And so I felt like I was trying to figure out, okay, how can I make this work? Um, I also had been diagnosed with endometriosis about four years before that. So I was diagnosed finally, I think it was my sophomore year of college. I was 19 years old. Um, and that diagnosis put me on this fast track because I was basically told, um, you know, hey, the best thing for you is to get pregnant. We know you're 19. We know that you're young. And it had taken two and a half years to diagnose me. So getting the diagnosis was a relief. But then I started putting myself into this, oh my gosh, I need to plan out my life. Like it can cause infertility and all these things. And I just felt like I all of a sudden let this disease dictate my every move. And I think unknowingly, I I allowed that to force more pressure on the relationship and force more pressure on me getting the good grades and figuring out my future, going to grad school so I can end with a career and have a job lined up and let this relationship figure itself out and end in marriage and start having kids. Like I just created this plan for myself, you guys. I feel like I let it dictate me for so long and I never really learned who I was. I didn't drink in college. I drank like three months before I turned 21. Not that you have to drink to like experience things, but I legitimately lived by the book. I felt like if I lived by the book, and this is really bad, you guys, but I almost feel like my relationship at the time was such a mess that I felt like I had to be perfect so that there was no reason that I could like be the blame for anything, if that makes sense. When in reality, like I was so insecure and I was struggling so much with changes happening, us getting older, us being long distance, all of it, that I was just creating stories in my head and I was really struggling. So here I am in grad school and really just, you know, thinking life is going to figure itself out. And this was spring of 2012. And we decided, my girlfriends and I, we were all in grad school. I have like a few of my girlfriends were accountants, so they were in grad school for that. Uh, my other best friend was doing school counseling with me. I had another best friend doing nursing. So all of us were like, you know what? One big last hurrah before we're, you know, real humans in reality. Let's go do a big fun spring break trip. So that's when we all went down to Turks and Caicos. I was quote unquote single, but it was a girl's trip and we just had such a wonderful time. And that was where I actually met Casey. We were on vacation. He at the t had a girlfriend at the time who was actually there the week we were there, but we just connected with him because he was also from the Seattle area. Uh, so it was kind of fun. Like I had obviously I was like, okay, that's a really cute guy, but I've never been a homewrecker. Like it was very clear cut. He had his girlfriend there and it was just like, okay, awesome cute guy from Seattle, fun, whatever. Maybe he'll take a sailing. He was chief of the beach. So he ran the whole sailing program. But again, a girl's trip. And, you know, we had a little boy crazy moments and enjoyed ourselves. and came home and I was like, oh, gosh, I just have this draw to go work for Club Med. Mind you, my parents worked for Club Med for nine years. We did a lot of family vacations back there because they would receive credit. Like they um, would interview people and hire them and they'd get credit for a club med trip. So our trip would be uh, paid for when I was younger. So uh, we did a lot of club med trips. And it was always in the back of my head, like, oh, maybe one day I'll work there. So I come back and you guys, I'm trying to pay attention in grad school. Yeah, right. I literally set up a meeting right away with my advisor. And I was like, I don't think I'll be coming back in the fall for my practicum. Like, I think I'm going to leave for a year. And they told me, they're like, we know you'll never be back, but like, you always have a place here. Sat down with my parents. They were so supportive. Again, I always was the rule follower. I was this perfectionist. They saw that I was mapping out this life for me that was, if anything, just causing me pain. 
And so I applied that spring and it wasn't until the following November that I actually got hired. Well, my first placement was in Cancun, Mexico, and it took forever to get my visa. So I didn't start working in Cancun until February of 2013. So almost a year after that trip that I had taken to Club Med. And in this time, the relationship I was in was very messy. It was very back and forth. Um, And I think looking back now, because hindsight is 2020, I think I was leaving for Club Med to run away from a life that I was creating for myself. Again, this is nothing negative about the individual. This is me. I was really struggling with knowing who I was. You know, when you introduce yourself to somebody, you're like, hey, I'm Carly. Well, coming from a small town, there was a whole slew of things that people already knew when you introduced yourself. And college was that first time that like if I shook somebody's hand, they knew nothing about me. Like, I think I was one of a, maybe five people from my high school who went to the University of Washington that like my graduating year. And I was one of two people who went to the Greek system. So, you know, shaking somebody's hand and being like, hey, I'm Carly. They didn't have anything behind it. And I, I did really like that. But I think I realized that here I was at 23 years old about to go become a school counselor when I'd never really lived life. I'd never really learned anything about myself. And I was just basically going to help these. I loved high schoolers. Like I loved working with high schoolers. But here I was, a 23-year-old, telling an 18-year-old, like, or not necessarily telling, asking, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Yes, I loved helping people. Yes, I loved the school setting. But I think it was because of my experience within school. I loved it. Like, I had a great time in school. Also, being from a small town, my school counselors were our basketball coaches. They were our volleyball coaches. Like, you knew them outside of everything. So you felt super comfortable going and chatting with them. And that's not always the case, right? So a lot of my uh, practicum and internship hours were done at all these huge high schools. And I was like, oh, these teenagers don't want to come talk to me. Like, they don't want me to help them figure out their life. But again, here I was basically pulling from a textbook, trying to help them as opposed to pulling from life experiences. I mean, I'm on the verge of a breakdown and moving out of the country, yet the other side of me is telling myself, oh no, you're just gonna go do your internship and then and then get a job. So I'm not telling you to completely derail your life, but if you're just feeling like you're doing it because it's simply the, it's the book you've written for yourself, it's the chapter that you feel like you're supposed to be finishing, just take a deeper look because I was following the plan to a T. And again, I'm the only one that created that plan. But anyways, completely derailed my life. Uh, Ended up leaving home. And I'm a homebody. If you cannot tell, I just love being home. I'm clearly living in the old house that I grew up in. Um, And I left for Club Med. And obviously, I met Casey that very first, well, I arrived and he was home on vacation. So six days later, I was walking into the entrance of the restaurant and uh, he was doing entrance to the restaurant like you have themed nights and he looked at me and he was like oh my gosh I know you and he's like oh I didn't realize you know anyways he realized in that moment that I became a geo which is a worker for club med and we just connected right away like full disclosure I had one of those moments I was like oh shit this is not gonna be good because I just was so attracted to him but we thankfully friend zoned each other right away it was so nice we were the only two Americans there so just to be able to connect because you do get homesick or I got homesick but I was back in a position where when you introduce yourself I was just Carly um I was the water ski instructor wakeboard instructor so there wasn't home attached to me there wasn't uh preconceived assumptions um I feel like I'm living a new time in life or all over again in life right now with like social media and assumptions that are made and 
whatnot. So anyways, it was really great to be in a situation where there weren't assumptions. There couldn't be. Nobody knew who you were. And you were just the water skiing wakeboard instructor. And so I really got to find myself again. I really got to let loose, have a great time. And when I say let loose and have a great time, it's, you know, when you're just on the dance floor and you're totally in your own element and you're comfortable with whoever's around you and you're not worried about that person in the corner looking at you. Maybe this is just me, but I feel like I'm constantly worried about what other people think and the view others have when they're looking in on me. And this was a place where that just didn't matter. The guests were different every week and most of us employees were most likely running away from something, but also just looking for connection. And I think, like I've said multiple times in this podcast, um, I think a lot of us are looking for connection. And I was not only looking for connection with others, I was looking to connect with myself. I genuinely didn't know myself. And now here I was standing on my own two feet with just the name of Carly. And it was awesome. So not that it was easy. I really struggled for the first six months. Um, I was still going back and forth battling this relationship and what was next. And finally come that next July, so almost six months after I had arrived, um, I thought I was going to go home. I just, yes, I had made great friends, but I just wasn't doing well. And again, I'm a homebody and I love structure and I love um, when things are, I, I'm not, I don't do well with the unknown. And here I am in a situation that you don't know where you're going to be placed in six months. Like it's so, you know, you're constantly switching around. And anyways, I made the decision uh, to have that hard conversation with the person I was with that we were just going to kind of go our, our, like actually go our separate ways. And mind you, this had been like two or three years of already doing that. So I think both of us just didn't know if that was actually real. Um, and I took a position in Turks and Caicos. And so this was when I got hired to move to the next village. So I got another, it's called an affectation. So basically another six months, uh, Club Med was saying, hey, we want to work with you. We're going to send you to Turks and Caicos. And at this point in Cancun, I had a new manager and he was just phenomenal. He helped me uh, kind of see Club Med for a whole different purpose. He helped me learn more about me and uh, he just gave me opportunity. And I think we all have those people in our life. It might be a best friend. It might be a manager. It's somebody who provides you with an opportunity, but also helps you learn more about you and allows you to lean into who you are. So I ended up doing um, three years total with Club Med. Casey and I definitely like ended up blurring lines, um, became official in Turks and Caicos. We ended up moving to Japan for a year. And that's where I really, really struggled in Japan. Japan was like my next um, completely derailing myself. I I don't know. I feel like I knew that Casey and I had to come up to like that next hard road, you know, where you're dating, but we're also not in reality. And um, I just felt very isolated in Japan and I just didn't feel like me. And I was also extremely uncomfortable in my skin. And this was I had gained a lot of weight. Um, I wasn't taking care of myself, whether it was mentally, emotionally. And this was actually when my new quote unquote health and fitness journey started um, because I started recognizing that I was putting a lot of blame on Casey uh, for the way that I was feeling. So I kept having these weekly conversations with him with like our problems and everything. And um, it got to a point where where I feel like this is a whole nother podcast that I can do. But I basically was putting blame onto him. So every week I was telling him how unhappy I was and how I needed more from him and I didn't feel the love from him. And to actually understand now, 
I didn't love myself. I needed to work on myself. I didn't know what I needed more of. I was so unhappy in my skin that it impacted everything around me, but I didn't know how to admit that to myself. So putting blame onto somebody else was way easier. It was way easier for me to blame Casey for the way I was feeling than to be honest with myself and know that I was just, I was not happy with who I was as an individual physically, mentally, emotionally. So that started that journey. And let's kind of fast track this. So we moved home in November of 2015. And when I say we moved home, we had had this discussion that we were going to move back home together, figure out reality. You guys, Casey moved in with a little, like, I I kid you not, like a football practice bag. Like, you know, those bags you take to soccer practice and have all your stuff in it. That's what he moved in with. And I was like, I'm sorry. Are you still questioning us? Like, we obviously, we at that point, which is so weird, we had never talked about marriage, but we wanted to kind of see what, what life was like in reality. So we both started actually working for my parents' company. Casey literally started with painting tanks. Like my parents own a propane and oil distributing company. It's a really small, like... Uh, It services our county. And so Casey started with painting tanks. So he worked out in the rain every single day. Mind you, we had just come from, he did six years of working on a beach. And I was working in the office. Like that was kind of my job that I did throughout my entire life. Like starting from, gosh, I think I started working at the office when I was like nine, but then actually when I was 12. And so um, I started paint or I started doing office work anyways this was like two years of us doing this and it wasn't until you know so when we moved back all of my girlfriends from my sorority started getting married and I one day we were sitting on the couch and I said are we ever going to get married and he said yeah why do you not want to and I said well we've never talked about it so I don't know and he says well there's nothing to talk about we're gonna get married you guys, that was the one time we talked about marriage. And it was, I think, like a year before he proposed. Before he proposed, So we dated for about six years. We lived back home for two years before we got engaged. And then we're engaged for a year and a half. I stopped working for the office. Um, Casey got his CDL, which is commercial his commercial driver's license. He now drives trucks and he's like a service technician. So he delivers propane and um, is a service tech. So he's my little truck driver. He's seriously like the hardest working man I know. And it's so funny because my dad drives the oil truck. And so I get these like little knocks at the door when my dad delivers our oil. And he's like in coveralls and brings me a little thank you card. And it's my bill. I'm like, thanks, dad. Um, so that has been where we're at. I started working after like a year and a half, two years at the office. I started my personal training business. So I started personal training online. And at that time I wasn't doing any collaborations with companies. And then I slowly started collaborating with, or I guess choosing to work with like, um, uh, well, I guess they asked, I don't know how it really worked. Like I asked them, but they asked me, it was a two way street. So I started working for balance and first form. And then but right before we got married, I slowly backed off of the one-on-one coaching because I was not in a good place. I started therapy and really kind of honed in on more of me. And that's kind of where I decided to be more of the slow to grow and lean into my podcast and my book and now Brooklyn Grace and still having health and fitness be a huge part of my life. But I enjoy running my groups now based off of other reasons and other focuses than just tracking macros or just stepping on the scale. Um, So anyways, I know I missed a lot in there, uh, but that's kind of the overview of my life. Um, 
growing like yeah I worked at my parents office growing up I was a barista I don't know if we have like little coffee stands everywhere here I think everyone that I know like all my girlfriends we all worked at a coffee stand at some point um so my main jobs were either working for my parents working at a coffee stand or nannying um and then obviously coaching for ski racing so anyways that is kind of the overview of where I got to where I am now um again you guys know there's so many more details in there but it's interesting because I chat about a lot of it in my book but there's nowhere that I fully go deep and I don't I like maybe I think one day I'm gonna have to rewrite a portion of my book because you guys can probably tell where I skimmed over here um but I don't know what I I don't know I don't know if I'm ready to divulge full details about like all the struggles um because I don't know. I think it's hard. I think it's hard to fully open up about those really hard places in our life. Um, I talk about a lot of them in the book, but um, I think even more so now that I feel like once again, I have all, not all eyes on me, but there's so many assumptions out there. And it's interesting because I've been seeing a few lately and um, they hurt. And I think that I like don't want to let them bother me. But, you know, you never, I'm so proud of like where I'm at now, how I was raised, my family, um, the people I get to look up to and the people that help push me. And it's just hard when people make assumptions or um, think that they know all the details. So anyways, um, I saw, you know, actually I got like two different messages of people being like, will you recap your life story? And um, so yeah, that is kind of all of it. So kind of fun. My parents met working for Club Med. I met Casey working for Club Med and his brother actually met his wife working for Club Med. So that's been a huge portion of our life. Um, it's been really hard to get to where Casey and I are at now. Uh, oh my gosh, I totally skipped over the whole food trailer, you guys. I owned a food trailer. Did you know Casey and I started a food trailer? So we moved back and while we worked at the office, we started a business. We started a food trailer and we were dating and we got insanely in debt. Uh, we are still paying off our debt. We have like a a payment plan, which has just become really it's gonna be there for the rest of our life but we're doing it we're still finishing paying it off it was so fun it was so amazing we literally worked in a food trailer there was one period of time where Casey worked 47 days in a row um with the like with him working at the office and us having the food trailer like it was wild we did every event imaginable um and we did that for about two and a half years and our intention with the food trailer was to we had distribution rights for a health food product that was based out of Australia. It was a soft serve made from coconut water. So as our marketing, we're like, oh my gosh, let's do a food trailer. Like they're huge up here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, but our food trailer was not built properly. So we were only able to do events where we had shore power. So like, what's the point of having a food trailer if you can't use your generator? So it restricted us in the jobs we were allowed to do and able to do. And it was just you know what it was it was an it was a learning experience and it was incredible um but Casey and I learned so much about each other we had some of our biggest fights but we also pulled 24-hour shifts at these events and anyways we got to a point where he was moving up at his position like getting his CDL his commercials driver's license getting his hazmat which allowed him to take on more work um harder work be a bigger role in the company I started taking off with my personal training which all of it was kind of helping us fund the food trailer and then we started having to realize like okay is this is there 
success here, but not just from a financial perspective. Like, is there success here from like life? Like, can we do this? And we were literally using all of our friends. They were the biggest helpers on the face of the earth, working all these events with us, 24 hour events, you guys. We have this huge outdoor amphitheater in uh, Eastern Washington called the Gorge. And we were doing all those events. Like, I mean, stagecoach and, uh, I mean, you guys, I cannot even explain to you. It like feels like an altar life. Anyways, um, I can't believe I completely skipped over that. But I also, do you guys ever feel like you skip over certain phases of your life because you're just like, what the actual heck? Like, did that actually happen? So anyways, there is that. Um, again, this was a huge brief overview of 32 and a half years. So if you guys have any specific questions, let me know. But I do, similar to a company, I find interest in the why. I find... Um, I don't know, I find that I connect when I know more about the person. Um, And I love to be a positive person, but there were a lot of really hard times throughout my life, whether it was from a relationship perspective, whether it was from a work perspective, um, whether it was from a therapy perspective. uh, And all of those are, I mean, this podcast would be like three hours long. So anyways, feel free to reach out if you want me to expand on anything further. I do have a lot of episodes that I chat about, Casey and I, we have one that is called The Struggles and Patience of a Relationship. That was, I think, like, like my third episode. Um, but nothing has been easy with Casey and I. I am so thankful for our story. But like I was saying earlier, when you think you have a story written in your head and you assume your fairy tale is supposed to unfold a certain way, allow it to rewrite. Allow it to unfold a different way. It is not supposed to mirror image anybody else's story. It is not supposed to follow Nicholas Sparks or Disney But when we turn off our ability to see that a story can unfold, we almost miss out on an entire portion of life. I almost missed out on a story with Casey because it didn't fit the mold that I thought. It didn't fit that, oh, this isn't a high school sweetheart story. It didn't didn't fit what I assumed had to be my mold. And now looking back at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the most hectic, awesome story ever. And I love it so much. But I was so blind and so laser visioned on one path that I didn't allow myself to see anything else. And that just reflects back to me finally allowing myself to choose crazy over easy. Not that the previous path was easy, but I just already written it. So I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do the work to rewrite. I don't want to do the work to edit this book that I've already written for myself. Like this is just easier. Let's just keep moving forward. It might be painful emotionally. It might be painful mentally, but like, let's just keep moving forward. So if you're in a position where you need to rewrite or you need to allow yourself to rewrite, you can do it. You can edit that book. You can change it. Your story does not have to unfold exactly as we intend it to. So that's all I have for you guys today. Uh, Thanks for listening. I feel like, again, there's so many holes in this story that I could just fully divulge in, uh, but that's my overview. So if you have any specific questions or anything that you're like, oh my gosh, girl, tell us more. Um, I will definitely do so. You guys know I'm an open book, but also just want to respect, you know, certain people's privacy and all of that. So anyways, without further ado, make it a great day and I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Your continued support means more than you know. If you enjoyed today's podcast, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast, as well as screenshot this episode and share it on your social media. I would like to thank each and every one of you, as well as my editor and producer, Michael, 
for making this podcast possible. I appreciate each of you so much. And if you'd like to know more about me or follow me on other social medias, you can find me on all platforms at Carly Andel. Thank you again, and I'll catch you in the next episode.